WW to file that people. Those who do not raise your hand, you're playing bad bit in the dark. Because these big carriers are filing them. These carriers who are knowledgeable of the regulations are filing them. The people are knowledge of CSA SMS. If you're not filing them, what does that mean? That means that every crash that they have on you is considered a preventable crash. Every roadside inspection they have on you is considered accurate data if you're not data queuing. And that's the only way you have to get, to get roadside inspections changed, violations changed, taken off, or crash to be determined off the road. That was the voice of Rick Gobble, proprietor today of his Gobble Transportation Safety Compliance Consulting business after a long career around trucks and trucking. First on the road as an enforcement officer, then in government directly. State guys always call me the head of state. I was the uh, state director of the administrator of Tennessee up in CSA there for about 15 years. I retired some time ago. Uh, this makes 51 years of me being involved with commercial highway safety. And, uh, uh, FMCSA rules directly. I'm Todd Dills, and in this edition of Overdrive Radio, we'll hear more from Gobble, speaking from the conference of the National Association of Small Trucking Companies this past November, in an effort to emphasize the importance of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's data queue system for the smallest fleets, particularly when it comes to the agency's several years old now crash preventability determination program. Regular readers will know Overdrives and our sister publication CCJ's Preventable or Not series of videos illustrating crash scenarios that in past have been judged either preventable or non-preventable for the truck's driver by the National Safety Council. That preventability standard underpins FMCSA's crash review program. For any carrier who submits a crash in the data queue system and has it judged non-preventable, the crash is then excluded from calculations of the carrier's scores in the CSA safety measurement system. If you never request a crash review in cases that might be non-preventable, as Rick Gobble sees it, that means that every crash that they have on you is considered a preventable crash. That is, though the system is not set up to designate every crash that happens as preventable per se, Gobble believes reality is that the crash will be de facto assumed to have been preventable by anyone using the SMS there. Federal and state safety auditors, insurers, brokers, and shippers. His session at the NASTIC conference aimed to emphasize the importance of the crash review system for the small fleets in attendance, lending the benefit of his own experience assisting others in crash review data queues filings. Also, we wanted to emphasize improvements to the Crash Preventability Review Program to potentially include many more crash types, including any crash with solid video evidence. FMCSA is in the process of making those improvements in part to address core complaints about the review system. I found many data cues on the previous guidance there is no harder pill for either myself or motor carriers to swallow than a denial when the only way the driver could avoid a crash was to have not been there at that time. After the break, We'll get into some of those changes that should improve the system if adopted. But first, not only to talk about where we're going with data cues, but where we are right now. Where we are now, and a little bit about how we got there after the break. 
Winter weather predictions can be unreliable. Be prepared for whatever is in store this year with Howe's Diesel Treat and Howe's Diesel Lifeline. The nation's number one anti-gel, Diesel Treat is the only guaranteed anti-gel on the market. And Diesel Lifeline has absolutely no harmful alcohol and requires no mixing or fuel filter replacements. Available nationwide, Howe's products are designed to keep you rolling through the toughest conditions. House tested, trusted, guaranteed. Visit houseproducts.com. That's H-O-W-E-S, houseproducts.com. Here's Rick Gobble telling how we got to a place where the Crash Preventability Determination Program assumed the importance it has today, with ever greater focus enforcement-wise on, you got it, data. The way we got to where we are is CSASMS, formerly safe staff, once the agency started to gather all this data on trucking companies, uh, what they have, they have here form MCS 150 that you file every three years, tell how many miles you operate, how many drivers you got, how many trucks you got, so on and so forth. They have roadside inspections. Every time your truck goes through a roadside inspection, FMCSA gets that data. And they have every time they have crash data. Every time that you're vehicle is involved in a recordable crash, nurse hurts her toe, nurse injury, hurts fatality, toe, the FMCSA gets, gets some data on that crash report. They do not get the crash report, they just get certain data from that crash report. So they use that data to calculate what they think that you may be a high risk motor carrier being involved in more accidents than carriers of, of your group. There's five different groups are called peer groups. And you, if you go on CSA SMS with your USDOT number and your PIN number, or you've got a portal set up, you will see these screen prints right here. And what you do not want is these alerts. Gobbles referring there to the exclamation point in a golden triangle marking a carrier above the quote-unquote intervention threshold in any CSA safety measurement system category, meaning the carrier could be prioritized for an audit by federal or state enforcement. He then showed a particular carrier's internal view of crashes log in the system. These are, this particular one here I think is crashes, and that's how they list out your, your crashes. And so you'll see fatals, injuries, or total. As we get into this thing, I want to talk to you about how to file your data cues. How many of you have filed data cues? Those who do not raise your hand, you're playing bad betting in the dark. Because these big carriers are filing them. These carriers who are knowledgeable of the regulations are filing them. The people of knowledge of CSA SMS. If you're not filing them, what does that mean? That means that every crash that they have on you is considered a preventable crash. Every roadside inspection they have on you is considered accurate data if you're not data queuing. And that's the only way you have to get, to get roadside inspections changed, violations changed, taken off, or crash to be determined not preventable. That's it. That's all, that's all you got. So what they do, what they do with CSA SMS, CSA SMS is a, is a ranking system of your group. Carriers is supposed to be like you. Number of drivers, number of miles, number of inspections. That's supposed to be, they put these in these groups. And you're in that group. And every month, they evaluate that group. Now you know, you know what Bell, they call it percentile ranking. What does percentile ranking mean? And I want you to know. Well, let me tell you what it means. Did you, when you was in school and you, and you had a bad test, 
You remember when the term when the teacher would curve it? And you might get a better grade? Of course, I prayed for them when I was in college, you know. But it's 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 a bell curve measurement system. So in your group, you're evaluated based on that monthly bell curve measurement. You can get better or you can get worse by what the people in your group do. So what if the people in your group are filing data cues and winning? <coughs> then it slides downhill to you. You may very well get an alert because you have a crashing, a crashing on your CSA data that were not preventable. But you didn't ask them to take a look at it, which means they're coming to see you. I'll talk a bit more about that. I've really got to run through this thing pretty fast. Go to, to fmcsa.dot.gov and look for data cubes, and you'll find you'll find this. These are currently the only crashes that you can data cube. Only ones. Find a link to the full list Gobble showed here in the show notes or in the post that houses this podcast dated January 22nd, 2024 at overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. Gobble went on to enumerate a few examples of crashes eligible for preventability reviews. Struck in the rear. This one is not eligible. The vehicle that struck the CME was traveling next to the CME part of the crash and struck the CME on the side. How could your driver aboard this crash? You're going down the road, you're in the right lane, the outside the road's inside of it. How can you avoid that crash? You can't, but they'll not. And there's some more that we can look at. Struck in the side. Now, if it's straight, if you strike it inside at the rear, now what's the difference? Tell me what the difference is. The difference is they do not want to determine these crashes to be not preventable. There's 150,000 recordable truck crashes per year in, in the United States. ATA has said that 75% of them are not the trucker's fault. 75% are not the trucker's fault. Well, CSA, SMS don't consider that. If you're not data queuing these and get them off your CSA score, then they think it's your unsafe care based on that particular basic. Now, we got some other basics, but the crash basic is one of the favorite basics. You get a high crash score, pretty good chance you, you made the audit list. <clears throat> Let me call it a target list. What I always like to look at is the uh, whether it's eligible or not. See, this guy hit us not at the rear, just hit us inside. Same thing here. It hits us right at the rear. It's it's eligible. See that word right there? And if it's not eligible, you'll get a real quick response back from the data queue folks saying, this crash is not eligible for review. Which means they just denied the request. Cross the center line hit us head on, eligible. The vehicle that struck out drove over the medium and hit us. That's that's that could be determined not preventable. Another car hits us, knocks it in, does that can be considered this and here. Now, one way street, eligible, or there's side swipes, not eligible, or somebody comes side swipes, not eligible. See all them yellow ones? They're not eligible. That's what you get back. So, how many of you that file data queues just file data queues on everything? Don't. You'll lose credibility. Make sure that before you file a data queue, you know what's eligible, what's not, and refer their DAs to that particular eligibility section. Act like you know what you're talking about when you file that. 
Now this just don't crash it. Same thing on roadside inspection violations. And, and I get on the agency pretty bad because I worked there 32 years. And I saw all this stuff evolve slower. We just kept digging deeper and deeper into the motor carriage to see what we could do to them. They call it enhanced investigating techniques. That's what they tell their SIs now. When you go in and do all use the advanced and enhanced investigative techniques. Dig deeper. Find something. Don't come back up here in my office and tell me you didn't find the thing. Dig deep. That's what they're doing here to try to protect this this data. Now out of the 150,000 crashes, 75% of them are not the trucker's fault. That tears up CSASMS. The CSASMS is calculated on all crashes, all crashes. So they're doing their best to protect CSASMS is what they're trying to do. To illustrate the importance of using the DataQ system where it's possible to prevent the agency's use of crashes in calculating a carrier's score, Gobble pointed out the fact that insurers, among others, are still using access to the background data in the system in their insured's risk assessments. How many times has your insurance called you up and say, I see, I see that your score is high, and we're going to raise your premium. Or you go and try to get a new insurance agent, uh, a new insurance policy, they said, you have high CSASMS score. How do you know it's not public information? That's because the agency sends it out every night to these insurance companies. So it is. Why it's not public, it's, it's available on the FOI for the information that, and these insurance companies and everybody is using this data. These plaintiff for attorneys, I do a lot of expert witness work. I do not work, nor do I put a work on the plaintiff side. Where somebody says I hurt Tucker owed me forty million dollars, I don't. I don't work on that side. I work on the defense side of the carriage, and I have to defend what these plaintiff bar attorneys, their experts say. Rick Gobble offered several examples then via video of crashes that get harder to defend when FMCSA's CSA system counts them in its CSA carrier scoring methodology, in spite of the fact that the carrier had no way of avoiding the incident and in at least one case, no real primary involvement in the accident at all. The first example he cited as one that brought on the need for crash data cues. The video showed an accident happening way out in front of a motor coach between passenger vehicles that killed an individual in the street. During the crash, a wheel left one of the cars and the nearby coach then simply ran over that wheel as it shot toward it. By us running over that tire, FMCSA posted that as us being involved in a fatal crash. And all we did was run over that tire. We didn't hit nobody, we didn't cause no crack, and they would not take it off. I took this video to Washington. At that time, we were very fortunate to have Congressman John Duncan, who sat on the Transportation Infrastructure Committee in D.C. And I showed him as a class that, that, that uh, video, and I said, FMCSA has, in this particular, is actually a motor coach, uh, motor coach guy is shown having two fatal crashes. This one and another where a car come across the road and hit him head on. And John said, but why do they put that out there? I said, because they want to. Because they want to make our trucking and bus industry look dangerous and scary so that they can pass legislation against us. He said, I'll see what I can do. Next thing I need <coughs> is put the dad's keep program out. They'll tell, you how, they'll tell you how this stuff works. You just know that I did this, they did that. There's got to be some coalition. Now watch, this is this is pretty good. Now I'm not advocating dash cams. They're good 
and they're bad. <coughs> Nothing's worse. This is not a good one. Let's see what I can do here. This guy, if you watch real close, watch that red light right there. It's as red as it can be. Car come in, lady sitting in a car, fixing to go out on, out on that street, was sitting there at the stop sign, and right as he went by, and the light turned green, what she did? She never looked in both directions, she just took off right inside the truck. Now she claims she's hurt, she'll never be able to work again, but that's what it was, and that that was that would be a preventable crash. That's why I'm saying these these dash cams are good and they're bad. Now what the plaintiff bar said was we we never we, we didn't control this driver. You can't ride with every driver every day. How many have been truck drivers? Most of them? Yeah. And you, what could you done other than not run that red light, you know? So they said should have been doing training, shouldn't have these policies like and they did. That, that is a gasoline hauler out in Texas. They had every kind of program you'd ever had. This driver had completed like 30 different safety programs. And we were documented. So we're, we're good with that. Actually, if you data queue and you win, do not go into your basic, your crash basic uh, score. That's big. Because when you're talking about small trucking companies, just like you guys, 95% of the trucking companies in this country, we've got somewhere around 1.5 million trucking companies. 95% of them have less than 10 trucks. So if you have if you have ten trucks and you have two crashes a year, you're going to be alerted in CSA SMS whether you're fault or not. Two recordable crashes. But like I say, I don't file unless I think I can win them. It's just not fair to, to carry to get their hopes up. I did file one other day. A lady just insisted. I said, "Man, we're not going to win this." One. She said, "I'm going to pay you whether we win or not." I said, "When you win." <laughs> So the question is, are you monitoring through your company's FMCSA website? If you're not, you're playing badminton in the dark. Have you set up an FMCSA data system username password? It's real easy to do. If you're not doing it, you need to do it so you can get back. Or this afternoon, will you take a break? Are you filing data queues? Are you data queuing non-preventable crashes? Are you being successful? Now, talk a little bit about that, a little bit more of that in a minute. Go to reg regulations.gov, www.regulations.gov, and plug in docket number FMCSA 2022 0222-0233. That's the changes that they're proposing to change the data queue program. Now, why are they? Why would they change it? They like it like it is. Why are they? Why are they changing? I'm gonna tell you why they're changing because they're working. Right now, as you and I are sitting here today, the agency's sitting up there working, trying to figure out how to issue you a safety rating and never come see you. To issue a safety rating based on nothing more than CSA SMS data. You can get a conditional and unsatisfactory, unsatisfactory safety rating and nobody will ever come see you, you'll never see anybody. You just get a letter in the mail one day that says your CSA scores and your, net, and your safety rating so what they're having to do, knowing that they want to do this, they've been trying to do this two or three years. We got to cut off one time to do it. I don't think we cut them off under this and this. Gobble's referring there to a narrative that attorney Hank Seaton spun for listeners here last summer. Connecting the dots between the expansion of eligible crash types in the Crash Preventability Determination Program and hopes to revamp the safety rating system. 
As FMCSA has pursued in the past, Gobble noted that revamp could be described based on data collected without even an in-person audit. Data queuing non-preventable crashes could thus assume far greater importance for carriers, large and small, in the future, as he suggests. It shifted the burden to you to prove that you were not at fault whether you were or not. If you don't try to prove to them that you were not at fault, these CSA scores are going in as, as an at-fault crash. And your safety rating may very well be reflected of your at-fault crashes or crashes they receive where they don't know their, they don't know whether they're preventable or not preventable. When we first went to that, because I had to set my state up to get the data up there. I believe we had 50 data elements that the states have to furnish us in a different type of report, you know, do it on the internet or do it on a computer and says, this is a driver, this is truck information, da, da, da. They didn't get the narrative of what the police officer said. They don't get that, they just get these data elements, truck driver and um, DOT number, you know, DOT number, whatever else. This program reviewed 16 specific crash types and modifies modify, modify information. Our FMCSA proposes existing crash types to broaden eligibility. That's important, to broaden eligibility. And that's what they're trying to do. Now, they, they talk a lot in this proposal about some of the, some of the crashes that, that were reviewed. And <coughs> I think sometimes even those, who reviews those crashes? If you file a data queue with crash, who reviews it? A contractor for FMCSI in Kentucky. They're up there at the University of Kentucky, somewhere around up there. And these contractors review your data. What does your reviewer do? He looks first at what you say, and then he goes and looks at what's on and what's not. And his job is to keep you from winning. Only eligibility, no subjectivity. All objective. So with enhancing this thing, it's going to give again us an opportunity to keep our CSASMS scores down. So instead of them hiring somebody to do it, you got to hire somebody to do it. That kind of how we say it, or add it, add it on to the last straw that broke the camel back, one of the two. And you had an opportunity to file comments on this. How many of you filed comments on this? Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else here file comments on it? No. They've got 62 comments is all they got. 62. Out of, out of 1.5 million trucking companies, they got 62 comments. I'll show you some of them. FMCSA seeks comments. FMCSA will respond to comments. Now, when they say respond, they're going to write you a nice little letter and say, hey, Rick, thanks a lot for filing those comments. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you working with us on this thing. I'm going to get a letter like that. What they mean is, in the docket, they'll eventually say, well, we, we received this comment from this person. Maybe we did it, and then 20 of them said this. And that's what it says. That's what they mean. They'll, they'll respond. They'll I'll post a link to just what FMCSA proposed in the show notes. It's getting on seven months ago now when they did it. It lays out the new and revised crash types that are eligible for review. Gobble outlined some of the new crash types, including any side strike of a truck by a vehicle moving in the same direction on a roadway, was previously limited only to side strikes at the very rear of the truck or pulled trailer, among others. He found some things to like about the expansion, perhaps the reason why so few commented one way or another on the program. 
Yet again, though, changes, which haven't been fully implemented, mean nothing if carriers aren't filing requests for review through the data queue system. Folks, you gotta file them. You gotta file them. I can't say it enough. Still being struck because another motorist lost control of the vehicle. We, we saw a lot of that. Saw that in that one. That video with the driver in the rain, the car is flooded out in front of him, he hit everybody, everybody. That right now would not be considered a not preventable crash. Under the new system, it should be uh, not determined to be not preventable. CMB was involved in the crash with non motorist. Airplane land owners, what happened? I don't know. I mean, we've got one about walking and stuff, but I don't know. We'll have to see what they, they expand on that. This has just come right out of that rule, that proposed change. Serious bomber crash type that seldom occurs and does not mean another eligibility requirement. Struck by an airplane. The agency proposed a new eligible crash category too, that should expand the program extensively, I'd wager, given the profusion of event recording cameras in trucks run by carriers of all sizes, including plenty of owner operators, as our mid-year 2023 trucking state of surveillance series and survey made clear. That new category would bring in the possibility for review of any crash for which video demonstrates the full sequence of events. What they're telling us now, they like these videos. They like these dash cam videos. That's what they're telling us. They, they really hadn't liked them up to now, but they're now really liking these dash cam videos. I don't know if there's anything else. All right, so what I do, there's your 62 comments. That's all. There ought to be in a thousand, all been ten thousand comments saying this is a good idea, let's do this. Because most people, like most people sitting in here today, do not understand CSA and SMS or how it works. And we don't really expect you to, and the government don't want you to know. Some of the algorithms to determine CSA SMS scores, and I took I'm a college graduate. I didn't play, I didn't, I don't claim I did good at it. I mean I barely got by. I had a big time. <laughs> That's a great big time. If I, I got a four-year degree in just five short years. <laughs> but I was persistent. And I had two choices. I could go to school in Vietnam. That was my two choices. I, it was an easy choice to make in 1972. So anyway, we got to hold the accountable accountable and exonerate the dedicated driver who cares who are doing the right thing. You gotta do that. If I, this is some of the comments that I copied out of the 62 comments. I didn't copy them all, but I copied some. It would also be helpful if the agency could find a way to expedite CDBC crash determination preventive requests. Currently, it's, it, I'm telling you, I've got them, it takes 90 days to do it. And in the meantime, those crashes count towards your scores. So even though once we file them, they'll sit on them for 90 days, especially if they're going to grant them. I know that they're probably going to grant them. I got a better chance of them granting when it gets 30, 60, 90 days old. But that means you get three months of CSA scores that include that crash before they determine not to be preventable. And then if they determine it's not to be preventable, let's say before the 25th of the month, then you get another month to go on top of that before showing to CSA SMS, but I run CSA SMS once a month, rather than 25th. Not when they do the calculation.
The FMCSA continues to run about 90 days in arrears on crash reviews. At least, that's the official line at the Crash Preventability Determination Program website today. I asked FMCSA reps about the time lag on crash reviews and whether perhaps it was running either longer or better, shorter today. 90 days is about right, they said. I also asked about a timeline for potential implementation of those revised and new crash types, mentioned in last spring's request for comments on potential updates to the program. FMCSA reps noted the agency was in the process of drafting a response to those 62 comments for publication in the Federal Register, but that generally a decision had not been made about final implementation or even to adopt them. Rick Gobble, for his part, continues to view potential implementation through the lens of his time working with FMCSA himself as division lead in Tennessee. Given his view that the preventability review program goes a ways towards shoring up the fairness of agency crash data and its use in the CSA SMS and the current administration's pursuit of safety raising, as mentioned earlier, given all of that. They want to get this, this uh, rating methodology changed before they can issue you a safety rating based on nothing but CSA SMS data. And they will do that before the agency, before the administration changes. They may very well get this out. Because it's going to be hard to get one out without this one getting out. The first one. Public will be a little bit enough more about that. Now, here's my comments. Uh, I told them who I was, what I've done. Well, they never forgot about me, you know. Matter of fact, they'd be glad when I die. Since my retirement, <laughs> I've now been a consultant expert with Truck Crash for 16 years. This is about 51 years CMB Highway Safety. I fully support the proposed changes in this program. I filed many data cues under the previous guidance. There is no harder pill for either myself or motor carriers to swallow than a denial when the only way the driver could avoid avoided their crash was to have not been there at that time. That's a hard pill <coughs> for me to swallow and for the trucking industry to swallow. When you know there's absolutely nothing my driver could have done except not been there at that time, and they deny my request. You can find Rick Gobble's full commentary supportive of the preventability program changes in the docket for FMCSA's notice and request for comment posted last year to regulations.gov. Find a link to the docket in the show notes wherever you're listening or in the post that will house this podcast for January 22 at overdriveonline.com. We've offered plenty tips and tricks over the years on filing data cues, furthermore, with an eye toward enhancing owners' success rates including DVQ requests for crash reviews in this new program, live for several years now. If Gobble's right, as noted, Folks, you gotta file them. You gotta file them. I can't say it enough. If you don't file them when the worst happens, you won't reap the rewards in the, unfortunately, guilty until proven innocent preventability system, as Gobble also noted among commentary on the docket. Finally, Overdrive Radio is on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn, most any platform. Big thanks for listening. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode if you're not yet. And if you're enjoying these, go ahead and leave us a rating or review there. Big thanks in advance for that, too. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter long-haul Paul Marhofer, 
The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marvel, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Lamech, Terry Tussox Richardson on bass, keys by Tishomingo Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Mr. Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor, Matt Cole, executive editor, Alex Locke, and video editors, Lawson Rudisel and Andrew Gwynn. Till next time, keep it proud.